the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. Hello, welcome to the Farm Advisory Service podcast. I'm Poppy Freighter, Sheep and Grass and Specialist with SAC Consulting. And today I'm joined by Richard Briggs, who runs Briggs Shetland Lamb, a service that provides good quality Shetland lamb direct to your door, to the restaurant or to the butcher. Hello, Poppy. I'm a crofter in the Shetland Islands and I specialise in purebred Shetland sheep uh, for the market of meat direct to the customer. Fantastic. Thank you, Richard. And thank you for joining us today. Um can I just say, are you are you from Shetland? No, I'm not not a Shetlander. I moved to Shetland in 1990. Uh-huh. Uh, before that, I kept sheep on nature reserves in Gloucestershire. So I've been keeping sheep for a while, uh, but it's 30 years now since I've been farming in Shetland. Shetland lamb, it's got a PDO, so Protection of Designated Origin. Um, can you just to tell us a little bit of a brief history of the Shetland lamb PDO and how it works? Right, so the PDO is a EU geographical indication. Shetland Livestock Marketing Group, which I'm a member of, that runs the community abattoir and auction marks, applied for the protection in 1992 and was awarded in 1996. Just as a bit of background, there are three uh, protected designations protected designation of origin PDO which is from a district PGI uh, protected geographical indicator of which Scotch lamb uh, is a regional one and TSG which is for traditional recipes the UK has a steep scheme in place so the protection will continue uh, into next year whatever the Brexit outcome. Um, And then specifically for what you do you're sourcing lamb from the coast because that's deemed, again, the prominence around the coast, but also the quality, the, the flavour is meant to be better around the coast. Can you talk us through a bit more about that side of things? Well, in, in Shetland, you're never more than two miles from the sea, <laughs> but a lot of the flavour comes from the native flora. So I am selling lamb from pasture. So they're born in April and sold in the autumn. So they only eat the native uh, flora and the, the Herbridge pasture does add flavour to the meat. And before I was in Shetland, uh, I kept sheep on nature reserves. And again, I had the same example where lamb off Herbridge pastures sold direct to customers. People said how, how they enjoyed the flavour. So I believe that's a big factor. What do you perceive as sort of being critical to the continued success of of your Briggs uh, Shetland lamb? Well, the key is the local abattoir. Uh, We were fortunate in 2009 to get a government grant Mm -hmm. to build a new small abattoir. And it can't compete with the big plants, which are high volume, low margin, so that it relies on the help of the community, crofters coming in to work part time to staff it. And it washes its face financially, but it never makes a huge amount of profit. And because of the community setup, it's not allowed to borrow uh, capital. Mm -hmm. 
so that it does live under a little bit of a threat of if there was suddenly a whole load of new regulations re which required it to re-equip or the equipment finally got to the end of its days and had to be replaced. If we couldn't get any subsidy to uh, pay for that, then the business couldn't continue. Mm. And without the abattoir, we would lose the brand protection, which is what has happened in Orkney. Yeah, mm, it is quite a risk. And others, listeners around the coast, you know, we've, we've noticed, you know, over the, over the years, the number of smaller abattoirs are giving way to uh, the bigger abattoirs. And that's just the nature of the regulation required and the nature of scale, the benefits of scale. Yeah, I mean, there is uh, it's a, a small abattoirs is a big issue. It has mm -hmm. a huge amount of support. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end, it requires money. The, there is a new abattoir in Sky on the horizon, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure where that's got. That's probably on hold with uh, COVID. Yeah. But there is a big issue that uh, my crofting colleagues uh, in the north and west of Scotland uh, have to ship everything to Dingwall being their nearest market, which is quite large distances on not very big roads. I live 15 miles from my abattoir. Yeah. Uh, so even in Shetland, uh, you're probably no more than 40 or 50 miles from the abattoir. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually been to the Shetland abattoir. It's quite... Um, to me, it felt like quite a community hub. Um, but what is noticeable is the the fact that the live ring is right next door to where they actually slaughter the animals. So in terms of welfare, the the transport is barely anything most of the time, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so the 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 abattoir is managed by the Shetland Livestock Marketing Group, which also runs the mart. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that Shetland was able to build a new abattoir was they did get permission, uh, a concession even, to use the Mart's layerage for the layerage for the abattoir. Mm -hmm. So to put in layerage and the effort disposal basically yeah. in parallel to the Mart's facility uh, would have added a huge amount to the cost and, and made the project uh, the project would never have got the ground, never have got off the ground. Mm. But what it does mean is that the sheep coming to the abattoir go into the marts and are brought across in batches, pen by pen, uh, just outside the building, a stone's throw, and into the abattoir building. So even while the sheep are waiting, they're not waiting within the abattoir plant, which I think helps their welfare and reduces their stress levels. In terms of your business, what has been the main challenges over the years? Well, I think obviously distance to customers mm -hmm. is is a factor. Although we do benefit from the Royal Mail uh, universal pricing. Yeah. So, for instance, it costs me the same to send a box of lamb from Lowick to one of my customers in Brighton than it would to send it from Hove to Brighton, which is Again, you can't. You know, the houses don't stop between the two, yeah. so that so that is a that is a benefit. Although next day delivery by raw mail is not a cheap option. Yeah. Uh, the other issue is that the mainstream trade through the supermarket is a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. 
So if you're producing uh, small carcasses, uh, they don't look very generous on the you know on the shelf next door to most lab. Yeah. So I never even have an option to sell into a supermarket. At the marts, the size of sheep that I sell is generally sold through the ring in the same classification as the poorer examples of the larger breeds. So again, they uh, through the mainstream, they don't go into the uh, premium market. Yeah. So you've had to be quite innovative when t- in terms of your marketing routes because you don't have the usual sort of backup options that other breeds might have. Yes, I think that uh, I benefit again from being able to sell over the internet. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Gloucestershire, I sold direct uh, just by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a shop window, uh, which is anybody's internet screen. Yeah. And Shetland Lamb is such a niche product that I'm not really competing to get a Google listing. So if you if you Google Shetland Lamb, you find me and two or three other producers. The number the number of people who are buying uh, specific breeds and specific provenance is quite small. Mm-hmm. But it is getting more popular. This year, for the first time, I've collaborated with PR Duff of Wishaw, who are wholesale butchers, and they've been able to sell my lamb to, uh, for example, The Ethical Butcher, which is an online butcher based, I think, in the north of London. But they sell organic or pasture-fed meat uh, exclusively and... During the COVID times, people have had a bit more time to think about uh, yeah. these things and maybe take a bit more trouble to uh, source meat online rather than uh, going to the supermarket. It's a nice upside, isn't it? I'm hopeful. Yeah. Coming back to the COVID-19 situation, so not all of our listeners might uh, will be listening um in 2020 so this just to put this into context we're recording this in december 2020 when uh, covid were kind of undergoing the second wave of covid19 so it's definitely having a disruptive effect on our markets um some good some bad could you talk us through a little bit about the impact it's had on your situation uh, hotels have closed uh, or been restricted mm-hmm. but you would have thought that the remoter islands would have been uh, clear of danger from the virus. Mm-hmm. But, of course, people haven't been able to go overseas, so they've been uh, taking staycation holidays, which means that the number of people visiting the islands is just as many, if not more, than usual. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and, I, and I think even, even the meat trade, uh, the... The market prices have been as good as they've been. I think the last time we had similar prices was 1996. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I kind of put this down to the fact that thousands of people who would normally have gone overseas for their holidays uh, have bought their meals during that period from their local shops. So actually the the, the food sales in the UK have probably gone up uh, yeah. to people buying for home rather than hotels mm-hmm. where overseas visitors would uh, go. 
of course yeah I mean when you think about it instead of spending lots of money going out I'm going to spend a bit of money and just stay in but treat myself to something good perhaps maybe that's the sort of mindset going on well Um, yeah I would encourage you yeah Uh, uh, Shetland Lamb's an ideal choice and and so you're obviously working in cooperation with a few farmers to supply Shetland lamb. So how were you finding that working um, with that group to provide consistent quality? Well, I think the quality the quality is there. Mm-hmm. I say to people that the sheep do the work. Uh, my job is to uh, look after them and keep them healthy on the craft. Mm-hmm. But they're pretty resilient, so they do they do all that themselves. My job is really to get it from the croft to the customer without spoiling it. Yeah. Because I think for any breed of sheep, if they're fit and healthy, then the quality of the meat is there. Yeah. But there are occasions through stress and not looking after it where the meat can get spoiled. Mm-hmm. So from our from the Shetland point of view. The abattoir is run by the community. It's staffed by crofters on the whole who are, understand what the product is and interested in looking after it. As soon as it becomes a, uh, a mass-produced commodity, you can imagine the people don't maybe take quite so much care. Perhaps I'm being a bit unfair to folk. Yes, yeah, so as a small business, I do everything myself. So, I do, you know, I've organize the customers, uh, I put the sheep to the abattoir, I pay the abattoir for a service. So I take live sheep to the abattoir and I get either boxes or carcasses on a pallet, which I can then ship to Shetland. One of the transport advantages I have is the fact that Shetland sale sends 10 trailers or more every day of refrigerated seafood. Mm-hmm. So that one pallet of uh, chilled lamb uh, on top of, say, a ton of mussels okay. uh, doesn't cost me very much to ship. You know, there's a daily service, so I could, if I got an order, although I, I sell to order, mm-hmm. if I got a sudden demand, I could uh, lift the phone and have a pallet lifted from the abattoir 48 hours notice and it would be on mainland Scotland the next day. And do you see any further opportunity for coastal lamb in Scotland generally? Well, I have to hope that uh, more people are more conscious of the provenance Mm -hmm. of uh, where their meat comes from. And if they take the trouble, because they've maybe got a bit more time to search on the internet to source product with the known provenance rather than just uh, grabbing a tray off the supermarket shelf, then they will find they like it better and they'll come back again. And that applies to all the uh, traditional breeds, um, many of which are, you know, live in coastal areas. Yeah. I, I'm i a supporter of the slow food movement mm-hmm. and they have this concept that the retail customer diner is a co-producer so we as farmers rely on them to want to buy our product in the restaurant situation no matter how much the chef 
likes Shetland lamb and wants to put it on the menu, if people sit down and order something else on the menu, it doesn't stay on the menu very long. For other sort of producers, perhaps less fortunate to have a small scale abattoir, we've mentioned Orkney, but on the west coast of Scotland as well. What sort of um, guidance or tips might you give to them if they were looking to try and create a similar sort of setup? I started off by twisting the arms of all my uh, friends and relations to uh, get started and prove that I could actually supply. And then it's a matter of talking to chefs, and that takes a bit of time. Yeah. Uh, I've done various food shows, wow. and over the years I've basically donated meat for chefs to cook at farmers markets. Okay. Just so the people could try it. Uh, I think farmers mar- a lot of a lot of farmers who sell direct do actually go to farmers markets. That's not really my thing it's just too far away if you if you live close to uh, a big city center yeah, yeah. Uh, then you can just pop into that but for me my local uh, you know the abattoir for me is local yeah yeah but uh, but it is a big big issue for a lot of producers that the the mainstream big abattoirs are not really interested in somebody putting 20 lambs in no. to have them back again Although there are there are a few there are a few that do that, but financially they're at a disadvantage because they lack the economy of scale, mm-hmm. but they still have all the uh, health requirements to meet. For instance, in Shetland, we have a ministry meat inspector yeah. uh, at the plant, which the plant has to pay for, and one person there for the day costs the same for a throughput of say 50 to 200 in a day as a plant that maybe puts 500 through in a day so so the so so on the small scale the uh, the costs the costs uh, have to be uh, borne by you know the unit the unit charge is yeah. lower yeah. Uh, at a bigger plant Thank you very much. Um, there's a lot to sort of unpick there, um, but I like the idea of talking to chefs. But you definitely have, I mean, you definitely have to have energy is what I can gather and motivation and faith in your product. And I can sort of see that, listen, well, hearing you talk about it, that you are fully behind your product and you have the energy to back it. I think that seems to be key. my key take home from this conversation. Yeah, I think most farmers, uh, that's what motivates them uh, to, to you know, do what they do. That's why they are farmers. So for those that have, um, you might have piqued their interest, there is a, well, Briggs Shetland Lamb is the service. So you can find um, Richard and his products on, well, if you type in Briggs Shetland Lamb into Google, you can find it there and, and like We've said you can. I, get I would just I would just caution to people that it is seasonal. Yeah. So the lambs are born in April. Yeah. And they're not ready for marketing until September. Mm-hmm. And after November, if they haven't made the weight, they don't. It's it's part of within the DNA of the breed that they switch their metabolism metabolism down uh, for the winter. 
Mm-hmm. So a Shetland lamb just stops growing when the grass stops. Yeah. So which really means that uh, the most of the nutrition has gone out of the grazing by the end of October, mm-hmm. and they don't really respond to uh, being bumped with concentrate feed. And in Shetland, it costs a lot of transport to get concentrate feed to Shetland yeah. anyway. Yeah. So that they live through the winter with very little cost. Uh, if you provide them with maintenance diet, which mm. for me is silage, with a little bit of supplementary uh, nuts, mainly sugar beet pulp. Uh, and then when the days get longer, then they mature a bit and flesh out. So I do have hoggett to sell in July, which is the small lamb, the small hill lambs from the previous year. Oh, okay. And yeah. then lamb through September to yeah. end of October. Great. Yeah, and do you differentiate them? So for your average sort of urban consumer who is un, probably unaware how seasonal lamb is, um, how do you communicate the hoggett lamb versus the, the lamb sold in the autumn? Well, I, I, I describe it as two summers old. I think people get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, hoggett is a little bit of a broad brush, means different things to different people. Yeah. So if I say that it's it's two summers old, people understand seem to understand that. that makes sense. Um, I have some customers who would don't think you know, lamb has any has enough flavour, and they they would sooner have hogget. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a little bit of a subjective. Yeah, but if they know the two the differentiation, yeah. then they can make that. Um, yeah statement can't they so that's the key yeah. thing Good uh, I mean I, I did have a bit of difficulty uh, during the lockdown in April when mm-hmm. people were contacted me asking if I could supply meat for their freezer because obviously they couldn't go mm-hmm. out uh, but unfortunately the lambs are only just being born yeah. Yeah. so I didn't I don't I don't have anything to sell uh, yeah. until the autumn but if you grow cereals then you only have uh, grain to sell um, in the summer once it's harvested so a lot of farming's like that well thank you very much Richard it's truly been uh, fascinating just discussing this with you and finding out a bit more about what you do and perhaps there's a scope for others to kind of go down a similar line because like you said we're producing such a good quality product lamb is such a good quality product and it's something that I think we need to have the confidence to have a bit stand behind that bit more proudly so Thank you very much, Richard. Well, thank you very much. Very nice to talk to you, Poppy. All the best. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We have loads more resources available on our website on sheep, on routes to market and livestock generally. So please see the Farm Advisory Service website for more information. Please remember we are here to help. We do have a Farm Advisory Service advice line if you require further support. Thank you.